Welcome to CUCC's Sermons for Everyone. No matter who you are or where you find yourself on life's journey, we're glad you've tuned in, and we hope you find meaning in this week's sermon. Good morning, everyone. Today we celebrate the sacrament of communion. Way back in 1977, and some of you weren't even born then, I read this little article in a devotional called Alive Now, and obviously I've never forget it. I've always wanted to share it, and today seemed like an opportunity to do so. It's entitled simply, Communion. Written by Marie Livingston Roy, and it goes like this. The tension was so thick, we could almost touch it. It had been growing steadily for weeks. I had welcomed my stepsons into the family with high hopes and a heart full of love. But I had not anticipated the disdain they brought with them. As the family relationships disintegrated, my prayers became more intense. My dreams for the family had gotten lost somewhere along the way, and an uneasy truce pervaded our home. I abandoned praying for strength and wisdom to cope with the situation and asked instead for a miracle. But if God heard my prayers, it wasn't evident to me. Finally, I cried out angrily in my unbelief. One night, as I worked late in my room, my stepson came to the door, and I felt anger arise inside. Because once again, house rules had been flaunted. The following day was a school day, and the children were supposed to be asleep. He ambled into the room, carrying a cup of steaming hot chocolate and a donut. He mumbled something about my being hungry, working so late, and left before his adolescent reserve could be betrayed. The Eucharist had never seemed more real than the elements that he placed before me in my despair for communion and reconciliation. I sat in silence for a long while, thinking about Jacob wrestling in the wilderness. Surely the Lord was in this place, and I knew it not. In Matthew, the Passover meal that Jesus shared with his disciples, the Last Supper. It's recorded like this. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked him, where do you want us to get the Passover meal ready for you? Go to a certain man in the city, he said, and tell them, the teacher says, my hour has come. 
My disciples and I will celebrate the Passover at your house. The disciples did as Jesus had told them and prepared the Passover meal. And when it was evening, <clears throat> Jesus and the 12 disciples sat down to eat. And later on, Matthew relates, while they were eating, Jesus took a piece of bread. He gave a prayer of thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples. Take and eat it, he said. This is my body. Then he took a cup, gave thanks to God, and gave it to them. Drink it, all of you, he said. This is my blood, which seals God's covenant. May God's blessing be added to the reading, the hearing, and the keeping of his holy word. It seems to me that every denomination celebrates the sacra sacrament in a little different way, but yet with the same conclusion. I used to have to go to the Fox Valley Church and Ministry Board every year, and they would question me about different things. And one year, it was about communion. What did I feel about it? When you're put on the spot, I think your answer is, uh, well, it's pretty spon spontaneous and right on spot as to your true feelings. My answer included a couple of different scenarios. One, if I was offering the sacrament, and one, if I was a member of the group receiving the sacrament. If I was leading, it was primarily a remembrance. A remembrance of that night and all the men around that table and of services that I had been a part of over the years. And if I was one receiving, I used that time to think about the past week or so, think of the things that I wish I could have done differently, to ask forgiveness, to remember friends and family who needed prayer, and the places in my own life where I needed prayer. It was a time to meditate. But whichever scenario, it's a time of remembrance a remembrance of Jesus Christ in every aspect of his existence. We remember him at his birth, in the temple, and on the lake, on the mountaintops, when he was with children, or at feasts, and then at this Last Supper with Judas on the cross, and on the road to Emmaus. All of it, his life and death, and his resurrection. And we give thanks. Our UCC Book of Worship communion prayer describes the vision of the day when sharing by all means scarcity for none. And I really like that. I've been a part of so many types of communion services over the years. And that little story that I read to you a bit ago kind of started my thinking that communion services 
the sacrament can take place in other scenarios than just here at church sitting in a pew. For instance, a long time ago, Ron Keppel, who a lot of you knew, directed a high school play called Godspell at the Norris Cultural Arts Center. The cast had communion on the stage. And I believe they served pretzels and Pepsi. Growing up in Southern Illinois, I went to the Christian church and they served communion every Sunday. They used the little cups that we use, but they used a cracker that was about five by seven and it wasn't a saltine, it was pretty tasteless. And as the tree went by, you just broke off a piece of the cracker. And I've been at a Good Friday service, worship service, where, where they serve grapes and unleavened bread. On a worldwide communion Sunday, where loaves of bread from various countries was served. And I've watched at a Catholic service where we weren't invited to partake. Here I want to insert one thing. I like a lot of things about the UCC, but this is one thing I really like. We say we will not criticize others' ways of worship. Each is entitled to their own beliefs, and I try to practice that belief. And I've been present at Pilgrim Park, at the foot of the cross, the top of that long hill, where we celebrated the sacrament sitting on the grass or sitting around a bonfire in the dark of the night. In a darkened catacomb in the city of Rome, where 40 of, 40 of us, about 40 from this congregation, gathered in honor of the one who had brought us all to that holy place. And I've been with the members of our choir in a member's living room when it seemed apropos on a special occasion and in a hospital room. A memorable time was when three of us sat at a kitchen table before dinner. We held hands and we prayed, and then we broke bread together in remembrance of our Lord. When a tray was passed with a loaf of bread and we broke off a piece and passed on the tray to our neighbors and then had trays of little cups of juice. When we came, to, came forward to the front of this church, took a piece of bread and dipped it in the juice. None was more spiritual or meaningful to me than the other. From a church sanctuary, to a bonfire circle, to a catacomb in Italy, a friend's living room, a stage play, another friend's kitchen table, a Lenten supper, a hospital room, a stepfather's office. 
to remember a table where 13 men sat so long ago and their sacrifices still remember today. We remember. However, not everybody believes that you can celebrate this sacrament with anything other than the fruit of the vine and bread. They believe that the bread and the grape juice or wine are the only elements that can be used when celebrating the Eucharist or Holy Communion. And again, each to their own, right? If this is your belief, then so be it. We aren't going to protest or tell you you're wrong. No way. Should you want my opinion, fine. <laughs> but I'm not going to argue. I'm pretty open-minded about the elements. Many books have been written setting out one individual or another's opinion. Here's a poem, I w part of a poem I once read. Christ Jesus, Lord and reigning King, around this table gathering, we do as you have asked. This thing in the broken bread and the blood red cup, we remember you this hour. One of the reasons it's important for us to continue to observe this sacrament is so that we will intentionally remember those events and keep them holy. It's important for us to have these rituals, if you will, to recall, to remember that holy night and the days that followed. <clears throat> oh, I know that. Sometimes it can become just another thing that we do here in church. And it can, be, can become rote, just like the Lord's Prayer, if we're not careful. But truth be told, it's holy. I do hope that my, <clears throat> I do hope that my thoughts and remembrances and meanderings today will prompt you to recall times and places when sacred moments occurred for you. Sacred moments where you knew God was present in every instance, in every part of your everyday life, and in every mountaintop experience. Whenever two or three are gathered in my name, I'll be there. That was his covenant then, and that's his covenant today, and in all the tomorrows. Amen.